Hey, everybody. We thought we would today go to some of the stuff that is uh, in the news. Whoops. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> that's Twitter Spaces. Are you unmuted? I am unmuted on Twitter Spaces, although I forgot to turn off my phone. So that's why that came through. Uh, but be that as it may, we appreciate you guys lining up there on Twitter. If you want to come up and ask questions, all you got to do is raise your hand and I will bring you up to the podium. And you'll be streaming out on all the different platforms that we are using here. Uh, we see you at Rumble. We see you in the restream. And I will be taking questions off those chats as well. But be aware, it's hard for me to keep up. You guys kind of scroll quickly, and I'm trying to take phone calls. So please, uh, patience is what I'm asking for. We thought to get into a few things today. Uh, we see um, COVID-19 vaccines for very young people, the jewel ban by the FDA. And uh, so I've got some ideas about Roe versus Wade. I'm, I'm got sort of interesting observations that I've seen about myself and my reaction to these things, and I kind of want to share that. So let's get... Uh, Without further delay, let's get right to it. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. So many of you have already raised your hand there, and I see you waiting so patiently, so I'll probably get to it very, very quickly. But I just wanted to sort of frame today's conversation by saying I've, I've noticed something about myself relative to what has been going on uh, in the political discourse. I don't have an emotional reaction, it seems like, to a lot of the things that happen uh, politically and judi judicially and whatever it might be. I have, I have opinions, and but I, but I tend to see both sides, and so I don't have a strong emotional reaction, I have noticed where I have a reaction is when it pertains to my profession. So things around vaccines, around interfering with doctors and patients if they feel abortion is the right thing for a given situation, um, medical treatments. I, I get upset. That's when I have my, my, my emotional reaction. I have to watch it because it tends to bias. It's another layer of bias to uh, opinions. So I have to watch it. But uh, as it pertains to Let's just start with something easy, like Juul. They outlawed, the FDA put a ban on Juul, which to me seemed like the stupidest thing I could possibly imagine, in that vaping, to nicotine, vaping nicotine, has repeatedly in the medical literature been shown the most effective way to get people off cigarettes. Now, I understand there's concerns about getting adolescents hooked on the behavior in adolescence increases the probability of tobacco use later. Let's go at that as opposed to eliminating one of the most efficacious means we have to prevent people, to get people off cigarettes. I mean, it's been shown over and over again. I can't say this strongly enough. Nicotine is not a dangerous element. It has side effects, there's things, it's, it's the addictive piece of tobacco, but it's not a dangerous thing. I have hundreds of patients that I've helped get off tobacco with, uh, sorry, with uh, nicotine replacement systems like gum and lozenges and patches and stuff. And some of them, particularly those that start using tobacco in their adolescent years, can never stop nicotine. 
That's what the literature shows. If you start smoking around 14, 15, you're probably going to need some kind of nicotine the rest of your life, or you'll go keep going back to cigarettes. And guess what? That's what we do. We keep them on nicotine. We keep them on a gum or a lozenge. Bob Forrest. Now, if you've ever seen us talk to Bob Forrest, he's always putting that gum in his mouth. He's been on the gum for probably decades now. And the total effect on his body, zero. Zero. In fact, some people are advocating using, using nicotine as an appetite suppressant medication, but because there's so much weird energy around it as it pertains to tobacco, we don't get to do that later, that research. So again, here we are again. Now, I understand Juul had these flavored products that were hooking young people, and so the, the company, I think, got sort of a black eye for being that group that was not... Uh, Luring in the kids. Yeah, for not, for not understanding that they would do that. Now... Plenty non-kids use it. Our friend Kat Timp uses flavored, you know, jewels and, and vapes of all types. But she's like a nine-year-old. <laughs> but she's not. Is she the looks point. like one. I understand, but she's not. And so, so the point being is that she, she uses them too. So it's not exclusively something that hooked adolescents. But I understand there should have been active uh, prevention sort of interventions done. Maybe they didn't do it. My understanding is now that Jewel has done literally millions of dollars of campaigning to help people get off tobacco and nicotine, all this stuff. So I, I don't understand what they're doing. I have no interest in that company. I, did, I, I don't think I've ever, I did, I did work transiently for uh, the people that make the nicotine gum and, and uh, lozenges decades ago, because these have consistently been shown the, particularly in the first few weeks when the highest rate of relapse occurs, particularly useful for people used to use it all the time in my drug treatment program and there are some medications also that can be useful as well and they work sometimes sometimes they work really well not all the time so that's that so um again i only have a emotional reaction to that because it it sort of interferes with my ability to practice medicine if somebody wants is willing to use a jewel now there are other products out there to be to be fair that can help me get uh, patients off off tobacco all right uh, I'm reading your your comments right now. Give me a second to do that. Uh, right, the, so Matt is saying no, no. Uh, Facebook user is saying he was able to whittle his nicotine use down until he didn't need it at all with a vape. I'm sure is what you're saying, which I have seen again and again and again. Um, now, if somebody had a tobacco history and they go back to vaping, that's not ideal, right? So I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at your comments. Why did the government leave big tobacco vape? Yeah. So here's an interesting question from Tom Cigar, as usual, provocative. Why did the government leave the big tobacco vapes, the big tobacco has their own brand of vapes, alone uh, and only attack the jewel? I, I don't know. I'd like, I just want to see the, the evidence. What did they, why did they do that? Yeah, Tom put it up again. Uh, let's see. More people off tobacco. They need a way to make the money back. Uh, that's the, well, that's the gump companies. All right. So there's much more to be discussed. That's my little primer on, as it pertains to the, the jewel fiasco. I have been, um, quiet on Twitter about most of these controversial things because I don't want to run into the emotionality. And, and, and as always, if I say anything, what goes viral is somebody saying something other than what I said as though that was what I said, and then that becomes a viral problem. So I prefer, you, you've created a perfect situation, Mob. 
uh, where those of us that have opinions just stay quiet until we can explain everything uh, such as now. So I'm going to go to the... Well, at least we have Twitter spaces. Yes, we have Twitter spaces, and I'm going to go to... You can yell at him here. Just... Just well, raise can, your hand. I, no, the the thing is, that, <laughs> the thing is that yes, you can yell at me here. But the thing is, here we have, you know, we are humans interacting, assessing each other's. Dave McCraney, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago, has this, has this great book called "How Man's Mind Change," and he was saying that in Twitter, you just pile opinions in, but you never evaluate one another's opinions. That's that great book, and evaluating each other's opinions is, in fact how we arrive at a better place. It's how we were evolved to get to evolutionary advantage, uh, advantaged uh, means to survival and happens to get us more towards the truth. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to get uh, Clinton to come on up here. It's if you, and Clinton, don't forget to unmute your mic down the lower left-hand corner. There you are, what's up? Clinton. There's yours. a little lag, so yeah. Hi, sorry about that. No problem. Uh, Clinton DeVoe here, uh, listener, avid fan from Canada, Thank you. Uh, contributor to uh, media circles here in this country. Mm. Uh, in regards to Roe versus Wade, um, why isn't there not greater emphasis placed on just simply trusting women uh, to make their own decisions for themselves? I mean, isn't this in some ways? Well, you there, Clinton? Some ways. I wonder why that happened. Is that at my end? And I'm just uh, curious what your thoughts are, Dr. Well, Drew. but Clinton, uh, let me just say, uh, you, I live in a state where they do. And, and, and most states do. So it's kind of a, it kind of misses the point, which is that this was about whether or not the federal government should, as specified by the Constitution, be the one that makes that determination and they determine it should be the states. And, you know, so, so I, I put this up on locals too, and it seemed like most people on locals had the same opinion, which is they liked the reduced federalism, but were happy to live in states where the voting population decided that there should be abortions. And in California, it's highly protected. And I, I don't, I see both sides of the argument, so I have a strong opinion, but I, you know, I feel better about being in California now. I got to say, it got to change some of my attitude about California. So, does that make sense? In other words, if they were to decide that the federal government had the authority to determine these things, that would be a perfectly appropriate question. Leave it to women. And in California, we pretty, or how, or in my opinion, it would be, how about leave it to doctors and patients? It's a medical procedure. How about you leave it to doctors and patients and let us leave it to women? How about that? You have so much problem with this as a, as some sort of, um, you know, people are going to run wild doing abortions. Yeah, leave it to the medical system then. So that's really, that, again, this is where I guess start to get emotional. That, that's sort of my opinion. It should be, they're intruding on a doctor and a patient's right to make the best determination for that given individual. But really what it was is that the federal government should have no say in the, there... in the states in the states should decide. Isn't there what? Um, what, you know, what do you say or what do we say to women, uh, who live in states where, um, where abortion is banned or is in the process I, of being I, made I would say, illegal? I would say three things. And by the way, AOC, and I didn't retweet this intentionally because I didn't want to take the heat. AOC yesterday had an excellent thread on this. I didn't agree with everything she put down there, but she had an excellent thread about what the legislators should be doing. So what you should be doing, if you are pro-abortion, pro 
is you should be immediately mobilizing and pressuring your legislators. If you want it to be a federal law or a federal sort of mandate, you should be a pressuring and organizing and pressuring the legislature to do this. Her point was, AOC's point was, you knew this was coming, Congress. Why didn't you do something sooner? Why didn't we get on top of this and pass a law? And that'll be the end of it. Then the, the Supreme Court has nothing to do with it at that point. It's just a law that we create that protects this right for women, and it's done. That is specified in the Constitution, though somebody might you know, sort of challenge whether or not that kind of thing can be issued from the federal government. I suppose there would be some sort of weird delay. The next thing, your state governments. Get a voting block or get out of that state. And then thirdly, I did tweet an article about the availability of the, of the abortion pills. Again, work with your doctor on this. But the vast, vast, vast majority of abortions are done with a pill today. Those pills are highly available. What I don't know is whether or not you would be um, in trouble if you're taking any really significant risk if you get access to these pills. I don't know what the legal risk is. And and by the way, having said all this, I'm sort of pro. Susan, you're you're very pro life, but you had a very strong reaction to, in this direction, right? Right. I mean, for me, but but but, but you had a strong reaction. It's stronger than mine. You had an emotional reaction to the, the the decision. I just don't like to see everybody put in one place. Like not every. It's not one size fits all. You know, if you're 13. And you get pregnant by your crazy uncle, probably should get an abortion. Yeah. If you are, you know, raped and, you know, at gunpoint and you get pregnant, probably that be your should be your decision. Or crack, crack. Uh, if you don't producer, want to, you hang on. Listen, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry because up on the screen is is the very thread I was talking about. But follow the whole thread through. She puts up a puts puts up a bunch of things that could be done that I didn't know could be done and that looked like that there is something we should be doing. And it seemed very rational for me. I'm not sure I agree with all of it, but it seemed very, very, very rational. To me. But it's not my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? We all have our own opinions about how we want to, how we want it for our own bodies. Like mm -hmm. I, if I got pregnant before I was married, I probably would have had it. What if you lived in, but what if you lived in a state, let's say you lived in, Cal well, let's say you lived in Louisiana mm -hmm. and it, you couldn't do it. What would you do? And you were poor. If I was poor, I would keep it just because that's me. No, 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 no. Okay. But that would be me. But for somebody Hang else. On. You said you probably would get an abortion, and then you said you probably no, would. No, I keep would it. if I was raped or if I okay. was 13. So what would you do if, if was... you were in Louisiana and poor and you were raped or a uh, weird uncle? I I don't know. Well, I would, I would cry a lot. Would you find a friend to get a car and would you go to Mexico? Would you go to? Um, I would hope that to... my parents would figure it out, but I would also. Okay, that's another point. You just made an interesting point that I've not heard people bring up. Some of these people that need these procedures are effectively children, and and I don't ever see people talk about that. They always talk about the um, the poor, the poor access. I mean, I listen. I just hope that more parents will teach their kids. Not to get pregnant before it's too soon. Yeah, but that, help I, look, themselves. I've been working on that for. 30 I mean, you years. can't stop a perpetrator like that happens, and that would be a horrible experience. But and I don't wish it on anybody. Okay, let's get Clinton. But honestly, my opinion, I'm. I would have to make the choice. It would be a hard yeah, but, choice. But here's why what caught my attention. You you've always been very very pro life, but when this happened, you got upset. You didn't like. No, what they because done. I'm not like everybody. You right. know, so I'm, you don't like women having restricted uh, options. Right? I, yeah. So okay. I'm I'm middle of the road, but I'm also like I think that there are reasons to 
not and if it's very early in the pregnancy and it just happened and you can take the pill or you can get an abortion at an yep. early trimester okay. you know before it's too late okay. you know if you wait too long that's We're not getting a good into thing. the weeds a little bit i get it but no i, I just i it just makes me sad because i think women should have a right to decide what well, they want to do this with their Clinton's body. point to begin with why don't we just leave it up to women which i'm i think that's 85 to 90 percent what we should be doing i think i think my profession should be involved and i think it's it should be about what women that's why women react so emotionally to it it is it is it is very personal to being a woman woman clinton go ahead i know you got your hand up there go ahead yeah thank you very much dr drew uh so i guess one of the points i was going to make that you touched on was you know what do we say when i say we like Mm -hmm. like in this hypothetical situation mm. uh, to a 12 or a 13 year old girl that's been raped yeah. uh, by a family member uh, who suddenly finds themselves pregnant. And now the law is, and they live in a state uh, where abortion is illegal. And now they're being told mm-hmm. uh, you effectively have to give birth uh, to your uh, sister. Yep. Um, you know, I view this as a, as a huge problem, but I mean, I'm speaking as a Canadian looking no, it's, it is from huge, the outside. It, it is a huge problem. And, and, um, and, and le- it is a huge, I agree with you. It's a huge problem. Now here's what, let me give you both, uh, sort of philosophies on this. Um, the pro-life people would say it's not the child's fault that this happened. So you have to protect that child. Okay. On the, the, the argument pro-choice uh, morning after pills still work, guys. You can use more. Well, that's another issue, and so I want to get into that in just a second. The morning, the morning after pill is uh, I, I Adam Microbong, <laughs> McBong. I Adam McBong, atomic McBong. There you go. Uh, vasectomy is all good, but but let me just finish my thought here, guys. Which is that one would say the child wasn't guilty for having for the route of conception, therefore it has to be protected. On the argument I don't see on the pro-choice side that I wish I would see more of is what is the obligation of any of us to preserve every life that happens upon us? You know what I'm saying, Clinton? In other words, do you're saying women have a categorical nine-month obligation? I, there, there was an old uh, thought experiment where they'd say, hey, all of a sudden someone comes up to you on the street because of something you did, something magical you did, and they grab you and they put you in a cab. And they say, I'm sorry, next nine months, you're going to have to be hooked up to a circulation of a famous pianist. And the only way this person's life can be saved is you hook up your circulation for nine months. Are you obliged to do that? I don't think so. It's interesting to me that sounds pretty fun to me. <laughs> if you could play better the piano, than pregnancy, but it, but but what's interesting to me is it's issues of freedom. And and I, it, it's the 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 pro lifers are the freedom folks, and they're willing to restrict the freedom of the people who want choice. I, I it's it's all super messy to me. I'm glad I don't. I'm not getting into the fray, but I am just throwing out thoughts about this. And please don't accuse me of going one way or the other. I don't think I go. I think I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much in the middle, but but I am no no. I, I guess I am pro choice really. When you get right down to it, um, and Su- Susan is pro life. When you get and right I'll tell down you why. But, uh, my but mother, I, I not... my mother, accidentally got pregnant with me, yeah. and she w- was told that she wasn't going to ov- ovulate and yeah, or menstruate and or ovulate, and he meant menstruate. And then she got pregnant after having two uh, 
two children that died during birth between me and my brother, 11 years. R- so there R- were two H- boys between us. She had Rh negative blood. dropsy. And I, she got pregnant with me and she was like, I don't want to do this again, okay. you know? And she had a choice and she said, well, you know, I just went forward with it. So I was always really grateful that I was born. I had the same blood type and I didn't die. And then when my kids were born or implanted, I had four and they were going to maybe reduce it. And we thought about that and they would have reduced it and removed Paulina's egg. And I just was not, I can tell you that I wasn't going to do it. Even Mm. though I listened to them and I heard the outcome may not be good if I had triplets and I was just like, not, I just, and it, it is a little bit more spiritual for me than it is. You know, I, I really thought I worked so hard to get pregnant with triplets. And then when I had them, I was like, I, I just don't have the heart to do that. I'm willing to take the risks of something happening to me or, you know, having them a little early or whatever. But, but it's, and I also think that I was old enough. I was, my mother was 31. I was 31 mm-hmm. when we made this decision. So but, it's a little but, different because we were married. I, and, but I'm trying, and it was very, emo, it's very emotional for you. And, and like you said, spiritual, emotional. Right. And, and I get it. I, I'm trying to remain non-emotional. But uh, on the other hand, if my daughter was 13 and she got pregnant, I would might make that choice, but I made a big deal with her because she said, well, if I get, if I get pregnant, I'll just get an abortion. I said, you know, it's not really good for you emotionally to get pregnant before right, you're these, ready. We're getting way, way. So let's just not do that. We're getting you know? way out, way Because out. I don't know what I would have done now. The, Maybe the, the, I would have let her have, I'm not sure. Okay. But the question at hand is the, because of the lack of a federal position, it has left it to states and some states have taken positions that create egregious and i think everybody would agree egregious circumstances so given that that is true clinton go ahead well i guess my my closing point would be i is what i started this conversation with and that i i just as a man uh i just think as a society that we would be better off if uh men remove themselves from this discussion i don't disagree and let women I don't and let women make these decisions and i, and I think in the long run i don't yeah. disagree you probably get a better decision that way but and and certainly less um a lot of the, the defensiveness is built on you're telling me what to do rather than leaving me leaving us the decision. But don't do. you think men should have a little bit more respect for the situation too? Thinking about this now, like, like maybe if you've had like three or four kids, get a vasectomy. You know, of course, or of course, you know, men should be involved. With this. Or just Listen. make sure you use birth control. Should... Make sure she's on birth control. Like, and for young people especially, teach them how you know more condoms, more less, you know, unsafe sex. Yeah, I just want to jump in there right quick. I mean, yeah. I, I agree with you that education is obviously an important component to this. Yeah. But I, I think part, and I think Dr. Drew may agree with me on this, and I'm not a doctor, but mm. it, it seems quite clear that. Uh, Sex is is a very powerful biological. What? What are you talking uh, about? Drive. I, I, you're kidding. And, Clinton, how uh, dare you? And, and so the idea. No, yeah, and so no, and so the idea that children or yeah. adults will always make uh, you know the right no, choices no, at a particular no, moment no. in time, I think, is just ridiculous. It, it's it's naive. It's naive. I, I've been I've been on this the front lines of this since the 1980s. Uh, I got on to it because of uh, HIV and AIDS, and I was just trying to get people to wear condoms back then. 
and uh, just getting somebody to wear a condom was impossible, let alone getting somebody to adjust their sexual behaviors. It's just, this. it's just, you know, don't be ridiculous. But pulling but, out doesn't work. But we also know that there are ways to address it now. We found ways to get people's sort of behavior adjusted, uh, but it would create a need a massive campaign. And I'm not even sure what the campaign would be. I mean, what would our goal be? You know, don't have sex before you're 16, before you're 18. Don't ever have sex. What, what we well, and now with you know, the beware of your your sick with uncle. Porn I mean, like <laughs> everywhere, young kids are seeing porn and they're starting to have sex earlier and earlier. Yeah. And you know they they don't really get it because their parents are not communicating. With, they don't know. Some parents don't even know their kids are active. Oh, and it's time. just ridiculous. So thank you, Clinton. All, all good provocative questions. I uh, put you back in the room. I hope I did it justice. Let's I got go. really lucky. My cousins were older than me, and they all got pregnant before they were married. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and because we get pregnant very easy in this family, you just look at us and we get pregnant. And I got an IUD when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's yeah, like, Hyde. that's how I handled yeah. it. I got, go I got on it. Go ahead. Linda. Uh, Hi, Dr. Drew. I'm Linda Adams. How are you? Good. Um, I'm probably in the 1% of the population that actually carried a baby with trisomy 18 to term. Mm. And my first question was, can we test for that earlier than 20 weeks? Mm. I understand we've got, we've got what, CVS and yeah. Amnio. Yeah. Is there anything else? And not is it any sooner? I, I am not a high-risk OB person. But have you looked that up ever? The, yeah, it's pretty much twenty weeks, and yeah. and a lot of these places that are banning abortion, um, that you know, or that have some trigger locks or whatever it is in place, are saying, you know, oh, you can have an abortion up to fifteen weeks, but mm -hmm. that doesn't that doesn't scream for T thirteen or T eighteen, mm -hmm. and people don't understand. This isn't Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a diagnosis of not compatible with life. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the percentage of them even making it to birth is so tiny. And then if, if you do have them, mm -hmm. your life is turned to hell because they're dying on you every other day. Mm -hmm. They're at home on life support, yeah. okay? Yeah. And you have to get their heart repaired. I went to Miami Children's to get her heart repaired, and I was actually told by a cardiologist, I'm sorry, we can't fix your daughter Cashmere's heart because we don't repair the hearts of retards. She, they did not say that. So he did say that. He was a cardiologist, Sam. Wow. And I said... Do you know Redmond Burke? Anyway, so I he said, said to did Sam, he use the R word? Did he, or did he say? Yes, he did. Yeah. No, so, I wrote it down. I'm writing a book. And so, but, so and what, what's going on? Now? I, I, I basically said, now? I basically said, you know, you don't repair the hearts of anybody because you're not an effing cardiovascular surgeon. Right. I said, I am here to talk to Redmond Burke. Mm -hmm. And he's very, he's, he's a celebrity doctor at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy's amazing. And did he, you know, things did you have would you have a transposition or something what was going on she had a vsd okay 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 it was so, a very very large vsd how, how's she doing now she's dead okay sorry for your loss. no it's okay i mean you know what here, this is a good thing. example this is a good example yeah, of course. here's the thing what yeah here's the thing what a lot of people don't understand these babies that are deemed not compatible with life mm -hmm. that means even if they do live they're going to die on you Every other day, no, you I are know. going to spend. Listen, okay, the, the you worst, are going to spend about 20, 20 million. Hey, you're going to spend twenty. And Linda, the yeah. worst is when when it goes until maybe there's all kinds of other syndromes that can go on for ten years or so, and it's the same thing. And during right. that time, it turns your life upside down. So it's back right. to my original point. This decision should have been between you and your doctor. 
right? You right. should be it's it's a medical decision. And the fact mm -hmm. somehow these states have got to carve out the medical decision making because it's disgusting that they're trying yeah. to legislate. Hey, listen, yeah, see, no. didn't COVID teach us no. that we need to get doctors and patients back in charge of things? I, I don't know, but they've got to they've got to come up with it. And I know you're a doctor, so maybe you can talk to your colleagues. And I know this isn't your area of expertise, but mm -hmm. we have got to come up with some better screening tests that happen earlier in a pregnancy, so that a woman will know. Uh, because T eighteen and T thirteen are not compatible. No, T twenty. Yeah, it would right. it would be it would be reasonable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's not, it's a, it, I don't understand why they, again, because that's not my field. I don't understand yeah. why they can't do it with amusentesis sooner. I, I don't understand why. Yeah. Uh, it well, I don't either. And they, and they, and they scare you to holy hell before they do the procedure. Cause I did go for an amnio and they scare you and they make you sign all these forms and they say, here's your percentage of miscarriage. And of you're course. just like, Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm not, being, you know, yeah. and you're thinking to yourself, well, there might be nothing wrong with my baby. And then I'm risking my baby. No. And you know, that's how I uh, and then, that. And then, and oh. then, Yep. Right. And and having a baby with trisomy 18, I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just the heart that needed to be repaired. No, she course. had to be she had to be on a ventilator and on an ET tube. Yeah. That's an unstable airway. And so then you have to trach her. And a, and so G, then that's another and surgery. And a G tube. And, uh, and a G tube. That's oh right. And then you have to have nurses and doctors yeah, in yeah. your house 24 no, seven. Then you have. I get it. Oh, and I, I and. I had a baby right after her 11 months later. So oh now I have one God, at home on life support. Oh I have one God. baby at home on life support. So, I have a one-month-old, and I have a five-year-old. So here, oh here's God. what I would ask you in, in, your, in your quest. Yes. Understand that, there, <laughs> that there's a bunch of other syndromes like this that, we, that, are, that generally speaking, I, I've watched this happen for years, our, yeah. our, our care is generally irrational. Okay? Yeah. And and yeah. I would love to see you give some thoughts on the, the spectrum of essentially not compatible with life births, which is a mm -hmm. spectrum, which is a spectrum. And it would be a really important thing, I think, right now. So, Linda, Well, I, I looked up. I Okay, here's the, here's the thing. I knew ahead of time she was going to survive. And you know how I knew that? Mm. I, I, okay, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a geneticist, but I'm pretty smart. I looked up her nomenclature. Mm. And I did research from every university from here to, you know, the world and back. And she came up as a double isochrome pattern, mm -hmm. um, which is like mosaic. Mosaic's not very serious, but, you know, d double isochrome is better than full T18. She had full right, T18. So she had some cells without the trisomy. So, previously, that's you know, correct. So, so we're talking about the 18th chromosome where there should be right. two, there are three. And Great. that creates horrible neurological and cardiological problems and developmental problems. Oh, my God. They've got deformed yeah. hands and yeah. rocker bottom feet. Their yeah. kidneys are yeah. horseshoe shit. I mean, it, you should see the list of defects. You could, I mean, it's like a 20-page book of just defects. Is that the one they I used mean, to call? There was 20. Edward the, Syndrome. The Cree du Chat. I think that was 20. Yeah. Oh, was, no. Okay. There's a Tw lot Well, no. 20, 21 is down. Yeah. And T13, um, oh, for God's sake, I forgot what T13 okay. is. But T eighteen is Edwards. Okay, so yeah. so listen, I got I've got to keep moving here. I appreciate okay. Linda. I look forward to sure. whatever you what you you know promote your book with us. We're happy to hear more. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. Sounds okay, great. Linda. Thanks, Doctor. Mm -hmm. See, you, this is how the God weeds. Bless her. This is the weeds of all this. This mm -hmm. is how this gets complicated. See, I don't and, have this experience, but that yeah, doesn't make sense. That's right. And if it was she and her doctor making the decision. You may or may not have had something like this. I, I, she could at least she would have felt empowered to have made the choice to do this. But it's it's if they had told us that our kids had Down syndrome, what would you have done? 
Downs is is if it had been T eighteen, which is different. That's an well, they told me decision. Pauline had spina bifida, right? But she's just super flexible, right? It's it's super hard to, to even tell how you'd make these decisions in the moment. I I don't presume to. Most people, I would. Think I would I don't ahead. know what I would do either. That would that would be a conundrum. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. All right, we uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous. We have to go take a quick break here, so we're gonna take a breather. Uh, these are heavy topics. Uh, we got much more to go, more to talk about. Uh, give me a second here to uh, let's see. Oh yeah, the, the, we'll talk more about the uh, vaccine situation. Let me look at your restream here a little quick. Um, okay. Why isn't the medical community working on a vasectomy that can be reversed? Well, there are reversal vasectomies. They're just not 100%. And so you're taking a certain amount of risk. Um, and, you know, one of these days I'm going to get a urologist in here to talk about this stuff. Let's see. Sorry while I look. No, I want to make sure we, because people complain that we don't uh, respond to the Okay, let's restream. take a break and we'll be right back. All right. I'll read it while during the break and we'll be right back. I think we have found the holy grail of skincare. Genucel has absolutely changed, certainly my skincare regimen. I like that vitamin C serum, the under eye creams, skin nourishing primer. Susan loves the eyelash enhancers, uses it on her eyebrows as well. Genucel has everything to make us both feel and look amazing. Best part, the quality of the products. Using pure ingredients like antioxidants, copper peptides, and a proprietary calendula flower base, Genucel knows how to formulate products to perfection without irritation for susan sheets that annoying dry area under nose during allergy season like right here she's tried everything but no matter what the skin is flaky and dry nothing seemed to help until she started using genucel's silky smooth xv moisturizer soaked right into the skin she was hooked after one use and now loves all of their products as well every single product is developed by a pharmacist making sure that all the ingredients are safe and effective right now you can try genucel's most popular collection of products and see what i'm talking about for yourself Go to genucel.com and enter code DREW for 10% off. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, and the code is D-R-E-W. I do have an interesting restream comment here from Emily. I I had a miscarriage and needed a DNC to prevent sepsis, which would now be illegal in my state. No, it wouldn't. don't Don't get overly preoccupied with this stuff. To remove the pox, the retained products of conception, has nothing to do with a fetus. Uh, this is not black and white like people think. My mother almost died of ectopic pregnancy when my father was nowhere to be found. Again, that's a that's a dead child. That's a dead fetus. So no one is going to have issues with that. Uh, and I'm certain you could easily, if there are sort of weird God knows what that gets in the way, uh, a court would protect that immediately. So I, I think... Um, no, Chris, I'm not wearing makeup. <laughs> he says, cut the shit you're wearing makeup. No, I'm not. No, it's the GenuCell. Uh, oh, yeah, I do use GenuCell. That's true. Um, but it, 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 this stuff's going to get sorted out very easily. The, the more difficult problems are going to be the things like Linda just talked about. That's where you're going to get into the, the weird weeds on these things. And what Susan was talking about, and Clinton, too, the 13-year-old that doesn't even There's is scared so and doesn't know. There's so many different they're, people in the world yeah, with different weird, problems. Yes, there are awful circumstances. There are egregious circumstances that are going to occur because of this, and we need to immediately begin helping people plan for that. That, so, that's the best I can do. And again, I leave it as much as possible. If we get the medical profession involved, we 
We always represent the patients. We will find ways to represent the patient. That's true. Hey, tell everybody what I had after my kidney stone fake. Oh, we didn't update you on No, somebody situation. asked me if I'm feeling better. I wasn't here last time because I remember I was laying oh, yeah, in bed. She was sick as hell. So <laughs> it's a long story. I'll, I'll distill it down to one thing. She had dental abscess that went untreated for a long time. A year. It, it was treated, and then it went into her jaw. They did not realize the infection was going into her jaw. Then it was seeded into her back and went across pain down her leg. I recognized that as some sort of para-infectious phenomenon, so I insisted she start antibiotics. It went away, but she didn't take the antibiotics long enough. Or enough of them. Or enough of them. We were, I wasn't giving them in high doses. And suddenly she woke up with severe pain in her chest wall, bizarre cramping. She called like labor I had a baby pain, alien coming out. Labor pain in her abdomen. <laughs> it should have felt like. And wow. Uh, it sounded like, oh, you don't know about this yet? No, I it didn't know that like it was from all the way stone. from her tooth. Wow. So hold on, it gets better. Remember I couldn't it, it, open it, my mouth? It, I couldn't yeah. chew and talk. It keeps going. <laughs> it keeps going. Uh, and so she... she um, uh, where, where I got I? a CAT scan. So, so he was on. like, "Oh, you have muscle problems." So, I was on. like, "She I goes, she appropriately went to see her doctor." He, oh, the the, kid, the kidney stone. It it had this quality of like this colicky. It would come in waves, and it sounded like kidney stone. But her urine was clear, and she didn't have any pain in her back where the kidneys are. So I was sort of confused. So her do he, doctor was confused too, and he ordered appropriately a CAT scan because you'd see kidney stone amongst if there's anything else weird going on. And lo and behold, there was a lot weird going on. She had a bilateral... <laughs> I wasn't faking it. Bilateral pleural effusions, which is fluid in the space between the lungs and the chest wall, and something called mesenteric paniculitis, which is this rare inflammation of the fat around the mesenteric artery. Neither I nor her doctor had ever heard of it. I spent a time looking at the medical literature to figure out what this was, caused by infections, and cancer and other deep-seated infections like tuberculosis. Uh, but infection can do this. A rare presentation is pleural effusions. So she had a rare condition with a okay. rare presentation. Okay. All right. And we put her on high-dose antibiotics and all got better very, very quickly. Yeah, really fast. So my, my thing was... Dennis that, should give you antibiotics after you have a well, root canal drilled. My thing is that we forget... You were how, out of town, so I wasn't... I kind I of was curious why they didn't give me I antibiotics. Middle East wait, wait. Thing. I can't this was from your... About. This was from your root canal, Susan? Yes, yeah, I had effectively. A, wow. I had a root canal 20 years ago, yeah. and they had to like open it up, and then they just left it. They didn't give me any antibiotics, and I was like, that's so weird. And I could barely open my mouth for like two weeks, and I went back into the doctor, and she said, oh, here's the Motrin, and go on your merry way. Mm -hmm. And the Motrin worked. So Susan has a great appreciation for me, because I'm normally around to fix these things for her, and she was yeah. very, very... Right, because my yeah. internist was like, I think you have a muscle spasm. And I was like, yeah, this feels like something else. I don't know. Because I couldn't even stand up or sit down or move. It was like really weird. Well, in any event, it but reminded... But I'm, I'm fine now. It remind, I worked out today. It reminded me that there... Uh, we don't see the kind of protean responses to untreated bacterial infections we used to see. So when I was in training, I would see this stuff. And so I was sort of alert to it. And beta strep and beta hemolytic strep in particular, I'd seen do stuff like this. And we think that's what she probably had. So 
There we go. Uh, and uh, Somebody want to know if I took ivermectin. <laughs> for, for a bacterial infection. I think not. I think not. But I will remind everybody hydroxychloroquine. that ivermectin is still mandated by the CDC for anybody fleeing uh, most countries as a refugee. You have to take ivermectin <laughs> to be admitted to this country to clear... Oh dear! Abdominal helmets, abdominal worms, which are very, very common. Hey, let me just get Did over to. Did your restream go down? Uh, let me see. Just mine. Mine seems to be fine. Oh well, uh, if there are any nice comp uh, comments out there? Thank you. Yeah, I'm is much it true better. True that iced tea consumption is related to kidney stones. Yes. Uh, tea and coffee and chocolate causes has oxalates, and those are one of the key. Oh, I was so bummed. Most I was like, stones, I can't drink coffee most anymore. Have a, have a urate <laughs> crystal core and they form calcium oxalate around that urate and uh, the oxalate is one of the sort of precipitating things and oxalate is in coffee and tea and um chocolates so i'm looking at rumble i'm trying to understand somebody says you don't have to answer what i said i try to figure out what you said uh you're under no obligation to respond to anything i say the woman talking wait 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 Woman talking makes it sound like her children are burdens. Well, if you've had a severely just, you know, I don't child, think that she, is a burden. That I don't is think a burden. she's saying, like, she probably tried her hardest, but realized that it really would have been better for everybody, not just her, but yeah. the child. Like, it sounds like it was, you know, painful, too, for this oh. child and not just for her. Like, yeah. to have to Look, watch your child it get a tracheotomy and then this and, and, and that, and, and they try it, to keep th them alive. That is the point. It just causes suffering. It doesn't prolong life. It causes suffering. And a life, uh, you got to really wonder whether it's worth It feels like that. That's all I'm saying. It feels like a sword through my heart when I see Camden just sniffling and sneezing and sad just from being a little bit sick the past couple of days. I cannot yeah. imagine... Yeah trying to use the government and laws to dictate that someone has to watch their child suffer through something a 10 or a hundred times worse. Like I, I could not be the person yeah. that's saying I want to use it, my government it, to force someone to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's again, when centralized authority, I can't say this as strong enough. I, one of the things I hope we all learn from COVID is that when centralized authority overreaches into the relationship with a patient, a doctor, horrible things ensue, really bad things. And it, it only causes suffering. I was thinking about this today. I, I, I gave a lecture in Bermuda. Uh, and the lecture I was sort of talking about the excessive centralization. And I was thinking about this today. And they kind of pushed back on me a little bit. And, and I was thinking, you know, if we had only centralized authority, which would hand down, thus saith the Lord, clinical pathways, things that doctors must do. And I was thinking about it. I just took a simple situation. Let's say I brought a pneumonia in. And usually in these pneumonias, they will, I'm not saying necessarily they mandate, but let's say they mandated albuterol treatments, pulmonary therapy, okay? Which sometimes are very helpful. But let's say they require it for certain kinds of pneumonias. And let's say I decide, I don't want to give that patient that medicine because they have panic attacks. And we sat down and talked about it. And the patient, I decided, why put them through that? They probably don't need this. We'll put them on a mucus thinner and that'll be that. And maybe we'll do some pulmonary toilet, but not the inhalers, not the inhalers that cause panic. Well, the, the centralized authority could easily hand down, put them on a beta blocker or put them on some sort of, some, some or an anxiety medication to compensate. Obviously beta blocker is not, not the right, but some sort of anxiety medication. What if they're a drug addict? What if they're depressed? 
But if they're already anxiety, anxiety medication, the point being the the nuances of what must go on between a doctor and a patient is highly specific to the circumstance of that patient. And when you hand down centralized mandates, you undo the quality of what's necessary to really do the right thing for the patient. And there's no one else looking out for that except the medical providers. I'm not saying strictly the physicians, the nurses are too, the PAs are too, but if you have only centralized authorities mandating things, you end up with really, really bad care. So, all right, let me go back to the questions here. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, this is co-psych nurse. This is good. Uh, psych nurse, how are you? You are still muted there, so unmute, the, uh, unmute your mic in the lower left-hand corner, and we can talk to you. Co-psych nurse, you're still muted. There you are. Oh, there you are. Now I'm back. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to try to take the emotion out of this topic because Good. it's obviously highly emotional. Yes. Um, you know, I think uh, part of the concern, especially as a healthcare provider, is the potential for disjointed healthcare for women across various states, yep. depending on their situation. Yep. Um, and insurance coverage and what that can mean to the doctor-patient relationship. Okay, so hold on. You you added another layer of complexity to this, which is, are they Medi-Cal? Do they have insurance? What about insurance mandates? How do we deal with all that, right? Exactly. Yep, correct. That's exactly. going to be a, a mess. A mess. And, you know, I mean, usually you're restricted to to your own state's insurance, unless it's emergency, maybe it is an emergency. Mm -hmm. So very so, difficult so, things to, te to tease so, out so, in the future. So, so Right. And that's exactly right. And, and so you're a nurse. And so you see the potential. I'm a physician, so I see it. And, and this is the thing I keep saying. This is the thing I'm at right now, which is why can't you empower the medical system to take care of people when it's medically appropriate, number one? And if you don't, you're going to be saddled with some egregious circumstances that you better be already planning how you're going to handle. They're almost unpredictably complex, and that's the point you're making. And I think that's right. And unless you create some sort of mechanism for the medical providers to help, I, I, it's going to be a lot of awful stuff's going to happen, don't, don't you think? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's very, very concerning to me. Um, and as a psych nurse, I mean, mm -hmm. just the mental health implications for women and families faced with this, and then to deal with the bureaucracy around healthcare already, which is which is what you're bringing up. Yeah, I, and that's something I had not really even thought about uh, because that's another layer to this. Oh, as it is, see, I'm a little naive to this stuff. As it is, does Medi-Cal cover? The abortifacient pills, that kind of thing? That I can't answer because um, I'm in Colorado, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I Medic Medicaid. I, 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 you, yeah, Medi-Cal is California's I, version. So, right, yeah. right. I, I honestly am not sure um, Again, if it's covered. This, I think it, it's all stuff I think we it should, may be. It's all stuff we got to really look at, right? Will they yeah. continue to cover it? How's that going to work? And, and and what if somebody goes to another state? Will they cover it there? That's all what you're talking about. So Right. I mean, I can tell you the federal government, mm -hmm. um, in terms of like the VA, covers emergency contraception. Which is a different thing. 
Right. Different thing. Oh, well, you, but you, listen, good. I've got a nurse on the phone here, so I'm going to launch into this other thing. I, I, I am, <laughs> I am very concerned uh, about if if you're going to be staunchly anti-abortion. I mean, you are strictly speaking, life begins at conception. That is your position, and it seems like. That's sort of a, what a lot of states are taking as a position, not a late, a number of states are taking as a position. If that is so, there are a, well, essentially all birth controls. So for sure, IUDs are designed to prevent implantation. That's what they're designed to do. So now you have to get rid of IUDs. It turns out that the morning after pill mostly works by suppressing ovulation, but it can have some effect theoretically on implantation, but so can the pill that you take every day. So birth control pills would have to be on the chopping block. I know people are saying it's histrionic or hysterical to say that contraception is next, but if you're going to be strict about life begins at conception, you can't have IUDs and you can't have hormonal contraceptions because it'll, they all have a potential or designed to interfere with com, uh, implantation. So what do you think we're going to do about that? Uh, you thought about I that? Feel like that? I feel like that's <laughs> in the weeds because that's, I mean, now that's treading into, uh, you know, separation of church and state. Mm -mm. Uh, well, it's unless, religion. Unless, it's religious. Uh, 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 no, it's a, it's a biological issue. When does life begin? It's a biological question, some people would say. And some would say, rather than splitting hairs around implantation, it just begins at conception. That's when the potential is there. There's a potential life that needs to be protected at conception. That's a that's a that's a philosophical position, and yeah. might be a political position too. That's what scares me. That's all I'm saying. So you're saying that you don't you don't think people would follow this logic? So fine, good. I hope, I, know, I, hope I don't not. know. I hope not. I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably a segment of the population that that does, uh, you know, yeah. look at life in that way and say birth control. Sh I mean, you know, is interfering with that mm -hmm. and should be banned. So no, uh, nobody agrees on anything. So well, fifty percent in one direction, fifty percent. Well, good. I mean, if, if that seems to to me, I I look at the biology and I think if you're going to be that way, you got to you got to think about this too. But if if your instinct is both of you, Susan, you're saying the same thing that it's it's a that's a far fetched idea that people are not going to go for it. Good, good. I love to hear that. So, uh, what is your name, by the way? My name is Liz. Liz, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. I'm going to put you back in the audience, okay? Thanks. All right, you got it. Uh, oh, interesting, good questions here. Uh, Caleb, do you have any questions? You usually have stuff around all this. Um, my my anything, sinuses anything are killing me. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my voice is, is off. Just be left I, alone. Now he's yeah, sick. Right yeah, now. it got, uh, yeah. Time I, I, exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay, let me keep going here then on the calls. Oh, let me quickly look at the... Uh, uh okay casual sex needs to be pondered i like uh, that let's see swim let me see what they're saying over at uh, rumble give me a second here to look at their anybody comment. raising their hand yeah there's a lot of hands i'm gonna get to calls don't worry um uh, that was a reply to you so this is great radio i know but let me just do it <laughs> all right uh Okay, so no one's really reacting to the whole conversation. Having a child at 13 years old okay. will ruin many lives forever. Okay. True that. Uh, Natalie, go right ahead and uh, have at it. 
your mic is muted, as most people are when they come to the podium here. But do you want to mute your mic? It'll be streamed out on multiple platforms, Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, Twitter, YouTube. We got you. Oh, now you're back. There you are. Natalie, what's up? Yeah, I guess I'm just curious from um, just watching media and, and things like that. Like what's it seems like there's a lot of vandalism and stuff like that against pregnancy centers. And I'm just curious, why are people who are pro-choice or pro-abortion so against pregnancy centers that are trying to also help women um, who just happen to choose life or let, you know, educate on heartbeat, that kind of thing? I have, I, the, the I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 all I know is there's a lot of emotion on both sides and that is not a, I don't see that where that's helpful. Uh, and B, I don't see, see where it pushes anybody's agenda forward. I mean, I feel like already in the 30 minutes of conversation here, we've made more people think about the complexities of this thing than any attack on a abortion center or a pregnancy center would have, it seems to me. It, it, look, you, you, you react with emotionality and aggression. You just make people dig into their whatever position they already have. You do not change minds that way. Look at David McCraney's book, How to Change Minds. Look, think on that. If you really want to change people's mind, you really want to, there it is, do something different. You make contact with people and you help them look at their position rationally and from the standpoint of what, why they have the position they have. But I don't know, Natalie, I, I wish I knew, knew more about um, what, what was going on in some people's heads. But it, I, I'm generally mystified by a lot of the demonstrating because what is the point? Again, AOC had a great idea. Well, let's go get some legislation. Let's move on these things. That's not in the street. That's with your legislator. Let's go, you know, go do this. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know. But uh, call me crazy. Uh, Drew doesn't have an answer. It's of course first. not. I don't it's know. First. No, no. It's it's too. I don't want to have an answer. It's too complicated for me. Like like <laughs> well, uh, Clinton said back at the beginning, leave it why for people are crazy and my, they go out and try I, to obstruct. Look, I have, people's th lives I have several different they've... positions. One, we should get the medical system back involved. We should be have women be making this decision more than men. And and uh, you know, and you've created some egregious circumstance. You better be ready to deal with this. Natural born son, what's up there? What's up? Hey, Sam. Hey, um, so I just had a question, mm -hmm. like regarding um, the Medicare, Medicaid type question. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, at this point, if it's been deemed illegal, obviously. Would this make sense that the government, federal government, wouldn't fund those state programs? I did they? I see. I don't even understand the. the we need a lawyer in here, but I don't know that they made it Ill, yeah. illegal. They made it. They made it such that the a state could make it illegal. And what other twelve states that, that did? So the question is: in all the other states where it is legal, will Medi-Cal continue to cover it? And most now, as I those understand. Services. But but um, what's your actual name, other than natural born son? Um, you can use the name Bill Ben. So Ben, the no, my name is Noah. Noah. So so Noah, the 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 as I understand, at least the way it's allocated in California, it's given as a block grant. That's why they call it something different. They call it Medi-Cal here, and then California sort of adjudicates it. So yeah. it would be up to the state, I would imagine. I if the federal government were very serious about this. And, and they wanted to involve themselves in it, I think they would create risks and, you know, more more allocation if you didn't do it and less allocation if you did or something. But I don't think they even want to be involved on that level. I think but, they but, want to be out of this business. That's what it looks like to me. Where does it, it leave it, though, like, at that point? 
that right. that I think my prediction it's a, it's very like it's a very, it's very gray area. so many ambiguities, my friend. That's the yeah. whole point. That's the that's doesn't the, make sense to me. Yeah, I think it will still be covered in the states where we have abortion. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, will the will the coverage change? You know, one of the interesting questions is, you know, are we going to change how adolescents are able to choose their medical care? Uh, in many states, 14 and above, you can pretty much get confidential medical care. Now, there's nuances around that, and it depends on the state you're in. But is that going to change now, too? Are people going to be under the thumb of their parents until they're 18 to make all their medical decisions, this medical decision? I don't think things are going to change in California. I, I think things are going to... My prediction is things will, same, will stay absolutely the same here. Uh, let me see. I've got lots of... Questions coming up here. Uh, I'm trying to keep up with you guys. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, Ryan's been on hold a long time, or been had his hand up a long time. Ryan, what's going on? Hello. Hi. Hey there. What's happening? Hey, Hitler. I'm hey, a Hitler. 24 year old mommy jeans, and Hi, I was mommy. actually having a question about vasectomies. Okay. So Let's see if I can do since, it. Since um. So since women's rights weren't protected here, mm -hmm. um, men's rights have been free. We're still doing what we can. So I was wondering um, what kind of effect a vasectomy could have on young men like me. I do have some hormonal issues it, because it, of our, it shouldn't be yeah. a problem. But there, there's a, there was one legislator I saw, I think in Texas, who was who was pushing through a, a piece of, of legislature that would mandate vasectomies at 13 and could not be reversed until you were financially stable and over the age of 23 or something. I thought it was so funny, but the, but the point is well made, right? It's going way... The, right, I mean, but the, the point I is well like taken. The yeah, the point is well taken. So <laughs> the, the real problem with vasectomies is they're not reliably reversible. That's that's the big problem. They are reversible, but Maybe not Maybe you could freeze your sperm, though. You could. That's what I thought, Susan. There you go. You can. Uh, um, it, it, there shouldn't be any effect. And on your you sperm's hormonally. better when you're 24 than when you're 30. Uh, but you really, I, I want right? to get. Uh, I do got some good. Ropes. Or 40. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. go into your 40s, it gets. A, you could have more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a your mom's house fan. They're a special group. Okay. Okay. <laughs> special group. Thank you. I, I know <laughs> so, all about the sperm. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you trigger <laughs> them. Freely here. They will start to use the high Hitler. Hey Hitler was part of the. <laughs> Greeting. Don't touch my camera through the fence. Though, camera you know? through the fence. Keep going. Try it out. Try it out. There's a lot of there's a lot of special language here. That and by you the way, we saw you just, you know, we come over to my house. Try it out. Try it out. We we uh, <laughs> we saw Tom and Christina on Saturday night just two nights ago, and oh. uh, it was Christina's birthday party, and it was really 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 fun. So. Yeah, that's and, it, and that's don't call me. me daddy. Don't call me daddy. Are we supposed to tell anybody? Can't make any promises, um, Doc. I don't think that saying we had a birthday party is a big deal, but it was. It's after the fact. Um, but in any event, um, so you, there, you'd have to ask a urologist to be sure. But I'm not aware of any hormonal issues <clears throat> as it pertains to vasectomy causing more problems. There are people do complain about little things from vasectomy and pain and this and that. There's some stuff that can happen. But it's kind of unusual. It's usually a pretty. It might become procedure. really popular. You would think. You know. You would think. <laughs> uh, it might. So let me see here. We got, You're uh, not if you can't get her pregnant. Like, isn't that doesn't that make um, men more interested if they can't get somebody pregnant? Doesn't it make them more interested? I, men are, you, you can't sort of make men more interested, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't think that's possible. 
but I, I know what you mean. They, would they be more? Might they might be more dangerous? They might be more liberal with their. Uh, yeah, it makes it more uh, fun. You know, you have to worry about it. Yeah, it's true. Although again, men, this his point is well taken is that men don't worry about it. That's the thing. We no, I know, and they should. That yeah. I mean, this might make them think a bit more about it before they invest in right a relationship, right, or a sort of relationship or no relationship. Okay, I'm looking at your guys' comments again just to kind of catch up with you guys. That was a good call. Take another one. Okay, well, hang on, hang on. You know, I just thought of something. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you, I don't know if I've told these stories before, but you know, in my childhood, those kids that you would see that are standing outside the abortion clinics with all those horrible picket signs and their jean jackets, mm -hmm. though, that was us. That was yes, my yes. family. We didn't know any different. We were homeschooled kids and that's, we were put there to Oof. put the signs out. So I've literally, I've Oof. seen both sides of this whole thing. I've been so deep on one side and then California, I've seen all of it. And the thing that I've learned is that when people claim to be pro-life, but then in the same breath, if they aren't pushing for sex education and access to birth control, then they're hypocrites because yeah. they're only interested in restricting yeah. rights and imposing their beliefs yeah. onto other people. They're not interested in, well, in closing the dam. The fastest way to reduce abortions is sex education and increased access to birth control. Why aren't any of them pushing for it? To me, that means they're well, just—they're not trying to fight a, abortions. A, Two, two things. Uh, I've been fighting this, you know, I've been in this for 35 years, 40 years I've been doing this uh, in, in that fight. So I'm 100% with you on that, number one. Number two, uh, I used to fight the right. I used to be, I was fighting the right all the time back in the day in terms of the morning after pill and birth control because it was running into abortion issues. And so that might yet come up again is what I'm, I'm very frightened about. So that worries me, but you're 100% correct. And it's the same point I'm making in a, in a diff, with a different focus is we have to prepare for what we've created here. Now, we need, we need to, whether it's in the, insurance, in the insurance side, on the legislative side, on the, you know, what to do on the medical side, we've got to prepare for these problems we've created. Now, as it pertains to hypocrisy, Caleb, I've got another, Ashley Jessica points out, and this is the problem with, is hypocrisy, lots of hypocrisy to go around. And I, I would encourage everybody to get, again, try to stay non-emotional like all of our great callers have been today and to try to really evaluate things. The overreach with the COVID vaccine now is being used as a reason to um, not overreach with you know the government within other medical procedures. So th this is getting kind of wild on all fronts. And if again, if they left it to the the medical provider and the patient, this all, a lot of this would not be happening. And they're still trying to mandate, mandate, mandate all over the place. Uh, you, I mentioned I was going to talk about that we were uh, the vaccination of children and young children and infants. I, please, I've said it repeatedly, follow Vinay Prasad. He's somebody we have interviewed on this program a couple times. He is looking at the literature on this. On a, He's an excellent reader of medical literature, and he just doesn't see the indication for this. So I am confused why it's being aggressively pursued as it is, why we're you know masking two-year-olds, why we're vaccinating, vaccinating two-year-olds. It, it makes doesn't make medical sense. I'm prepared to acknowledge maybe I'm missing something, but based on my reading, based on Vinay's Prasad reading, it doesn't make medical sense. The CDC has been overreaching a lot. I don't know why they would rush to this position. They don't have the data to support it. We have three more vaccines on the way, everybody. 
Those of you that worried are worried about boostering, there, there's up to three, possibly three options coming our way. I don't know how they're going to clear them. But Novavax, who we've been waiting for for a long time, Covaxin, we've also been waiting for. And I don't know what the name is, but there's going to be an intranasal vaccine coming pretty soon, too. All these things will be, be options for, I think, options for boostering and something that uh, we should all really kind of look at. Um, all right, I'm looking at uh, what you guys are doing here. Thank you for hanging out with us on the... Uh, the uh, t Twitter spaces. Uh, I'm really kind of moving towards wrapping up here. Let me see if there's anybody out there that I should be talking to. Give me a second. I'm sorry for you know these delays, but that's part of what it is to take all questions. I, yeah, there's I, just a little delay between the um, the call when they when you call them up. Okay. So you just have to talk in between. Okay. Oh, and uh, people who are accusing me of you know mandating or, or just being so pro-vaccine um no it's much more nuanced than that i i vaccinate and booster my 75 year olds and above categorically we know what we're doing there i use paxlovid we know what we're doing it works we absolutely know what we are doing in that population once we get down below 65 we don't really know what we're doing and so vaccine therapies, use of Paxlovid, again, has to be patient and physician making these decisions for each individual circumstance. Whether or not you get the full vaccine series, whether you get which one, and you get boosted, those are, are not obvious decisions in every case. It's obvious after the age of 75. Very clear benefits. We know what we're doing there. We have the science to back that up. We don't have the science to vaccinate a 40-year-old or a 17-year-old or a five-year-old. I'm not saying don't vaccinate. I'm saying that's a decision that's a little more complicated and should be made with your physician. That's not saying everybody go get the vaccine. This vaccine has problems. There's lots of, there've been lots of side effects, but we were in essentially sort of a wartime posture where CDC particularly was willing to take, they were hoping that there was a sustained immunity. You heard Dr. Burke say that, and they were willing to take a risk with some of the, some of the side effects they were seeing. Now, we're going to now, in retrospect, evaluate whether that risk was worth it. That's what still needs to be done. So we have to get a booster to go to Portugal. We do? I, it says you need to have be up to date with your boosters, but the question is, does that mean you haven't ever had one? No, because I had COVID had, twice. I know, but you don't have proof of it. And Right. Well, I do. I've got but the But you've Explorer. never had the booster, so... Well, I kind of figured, I, I was sort of aiming towards... Maybe, I mean, I, I think that's the rule. You have yeah. to, in order to go to a foreign country, you have to have... So I'm, I may, I've been aiming towards... Full vaccinations. And I haven't had a booster since, like, December or something. Yeah. So yeah. I'm aiming to... Well, you might be technically up to date. Uh, but I've been aiming towards booster... In the fall, I kind of think. But I aren't might they going to have like a that. different variant, and the boosters will be different? Correct. That's possible. That's also possible. So we'll see. You and know, I know I, Portugal's got monkeypox, so we we should probably have we, to. Look, we're going to have to look out for that. I hope you're being facetious. <laughs> okay, good. There are eight hundred cases. Eight hundred cases. <laughs> There's a thousand. And, and they There's a bunch to, in England now too. So. There were like was that six hundred or something or four hundred? Yeah. And so we need to declare an international. Emergency. I know. I know. As I've said repeatedly, why? Why do we not have? Oh my God! <laughs> why are we not having an emergency on tuberculosis? <laughs> why are we not having a tularemia, a kinococcus, uh, the more common infectious diseases, murine typhus, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, plague. Plague is almost more common. Bubonic plague, almost more common than monkeypox. Why are we not freaking out about that? Why not? If these things are so now. 
I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to seem hubristic. It's possible this thing could pick up steam. We do need to pay attention to it. But I'm just saying, it, it seems wild. It is picking up steam, and it does need to be dealt with. We do need to watch out for it, but it seems wild that we would declare some sort of international anything for a relatively mild illness that's less common than serious illnesses that we're not that is that are definitely on the march that we're not declaring any sort of emergency around. It's it's just weird, and so I don't know what's happening. I don't understand the decision making. So. Anybody, uh, any event, I appreciate you all being here, being a part of the show, asking the questions. I see you all on the restream and, of course, over Rumble. I'm watching the the uh, chat there. I'm going to scroll down, see what you guys are doing. Mm, doesn't make sense. Soul Warrior, what doesn't make sense? What did Wiz Chris right. say? Oh, what'd she say? I didn't see it. What'd she say? They were talking about monkeypox, and she said to mask the monkeys. Oh, I did see that. You did put that up there. Well... That's, uh, yeah, this is, let's be clear, does not appear to be a respiratory borne illness, does not appear to be a, and people are getting very confused again about droplet spread versus aerosol spread. Here's back to the masking and all this. If you want to protect yourself, you can with an, M, an N95 mask or, or in that category, well-fitting. You can really do it. You can really help yourself if that's what you want to do. If you want to protect other people, there's not much you can do. So it's not about protecting other people. It's about protecting yourself. Now, if we want to extrapolate that to the burden on the system that we could be if we don't protect ourselves, that may be how you help other people. But you don't wear a mask to protect other people from infection any more than when a doctor goes in a room with an infectious disease. We don't mask the patient. We mask ourselves. That's what prevents the transmission. So, in any event, we appreciate you being here. Uh, thank you, Caleb and Susan. Uh, don't forget our friends at GenuCell so we can keep doing this thing. Yeah, um, get it. Go to GenuCell.com and use the code DREW for a percentage off. I'm not sure how much. How much, Caleb? But me. anyways, you got to get this stuff. It's good. 10% hey, off. I love the eye creams. 10%. I'm digging the dark circle under eye cream now. And the I still Tyrus. like the Is he coming up C tomorrow? Is that what I saw? Is that tomorrow? Yep, exactly. Yes. Tomorrow. And tomorrow. It's fantastic. Oh, it's great. The That's going to be early. It's going to be 2 o'clock tomorrow. Too early tomorrow. Yeah, we have to go earlier because you have a haircut. Yeah. Uh, and somebody says, Masu Kicker says, uh, more antivirals and therapeutics. Vaccine uptake is getting smaller and smaller. Need to treat people now. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, Andy Oshkazvili probably said that. Uh, and... Uh, there's a little resistance to Paxlovid these days. Um, there's been some rebounding stuff. There's a bad taste in the mouth. We've seen some funny reactions to it. It's not, not a completely benign medication. It does work. I'll tell you what, it, I've used quite a bit of it in older folk and it does work. And if somebody has severe COVID, it can prevent them from going on. It really can. Uh, but more therapeutic options are needed. Molnupiravir is not being used very seriously or very much and probably can be used even as a post-exposure kind of a, uh, intervention. So uh there you go so we have some exciting news in nash in a i would say nashville austin what's that i'm gonna do an after dark oh yeah susan will be on after dark maybe more than once if I <laughs> so uh yeah so look forward to they that. gave me a break so yeah we're gonna bring they her miss in me? there and i promise i'll be a little nicer to her but we got a lot of catching up to yeah this, so. sure you will so we'll see don't forget about the bobblehead baby Oh, yeah. So Bobbleheads, according to uh, this is Susan and Alana's big, big project. So please go to 
Doctor.com/slash/shop. There you go. Sharp. And, and I keep saying we've got to bring uh, Leopold and uh, who's the other one? You had somebody else that won. Harley. Harley. Leopold and Harley won the contest, so they owe, we owe them a show. Harley's so, a psychotherapist. I know that, so I can't wait. All right, thank Maybe you. Maybe should bring them on at the same time. They can have a duel. Sure, as you please, if they're up for that. Uh, thank you all for being on the uh, Twitter spaces. We'll be here tomorrow at 2 o'clock with the great and only Tyrus. We'll see you then. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Thank you.